new details today in the grisly murders of a local family found earlier this week. I didn't want to move here. We couldn't afford to live in the old house anymore. Plus, the new story I'm writing is here. Is the story a good one this time? I'm going to write the best book that anybody's ever read. I got a really good feeling about this. <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. Family hanging out. Barbecue Saturday night. That's the family who lived here. You think these are serial murders? I don't know. First one I found dates back to the 60s. The only link between all these cases is the symbol. The symbol is associated with a pagan deity named Bagul. He consumes the souls of human children. I have never been onto something this big before. Early Christians believed that Bagul actually lived in the images themselves and that they were gateways into his realm. Children exposed to the images were especially vulnerable to Bagul's abduction. Sweetheart, what are you doing? Painting. I wanted to paint her picture. Who are you talking about? Stephanie. She's delivered. What's the matter? What's happened? Get the kids. Pack the car. We have to leave here now. TGI motherfucking F. Thank motherfucking God it's Friday, Carly. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's weekend time. And also time for the last 20. I think that's what it's come to signify for Fridays, is that we record on Fridays, we get the show released on Fridays. So Friday's my happy place. Hell yeah. <laughs> Did you do anything fun this week? No, uh, not really, but um, I'm just sort of in the middle of like a big, like deep clean with like the basement and the room and everything. So yeah, pretty busy week. <laughs> yeah, I need a deep clean too, but it's not spring yet. So I feel like I can push it off some longer. I think Dan would probably disagree with that. But <laughs> <laughs> he's going to listen to that. He's going to be like, baby, we're fucking cleaning tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, I didn't do anything like too exciting this week. Um, I did go see that Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez movie. Oh, <laughs> Marry oh, me. Marry me. Yeah. Yes. And oh, that song yeah. is like stuck in my head. It has been for days. I was on my way to you. Like I can't sing, but yeah. Uh, um, it is as ridiculous and corny as you would think it would be. Really? I heard so many good things about it. Well, I'm not saying it's a bad film, but it just, like, really, really, like, if you want, like, romance cheese, then it's probably the movie for you. Gotcha. 
I'm, I'm not really a fan of romance cheese, so I haven't seen it, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we had like a little girls night out with my sister and my Aunt Kelly. So we went and had dinner um, at the theater. And yeah, it was the movie feels a little bit long, I will say. Because um, it is like an hour and 52 minutes. Like what kind of romantic movie needs to be an hour and 52 minutes? I like my movies, my rom-coms that like right at like an hour 29 Exactly, if that. <laughs> and that means that there's five minutes, so it's technically only like an hour and 20 minutes or hour 25. God, we really suck at math on this show. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Anyways, um, yeah, so have you watched anything horror-related? No, I have just been just out of it. Like, I've just been re-watching some stuff. Like, my movie night last night, I was watching Lost Boys again, uh, watching The Burbs. I yeah. love The Burbs. My favorite part of The Burbs is when he, um, like, it's, like, at the very end and Tom Hanks, um, he's, like, uh, he, like, lays down on the stretcher and he goes, take me to the hospital, I'm sick. And he's just, like, laying there and nobody, like, picks him up to take him. And so, like, he literally just picks up the stretcher and puts himself into the ambulance. <laughs> um, I actually read that that part was improvised by Hanks. And <laughs> they just loved it so much they kept it in. It's fucking hilarious. That movie is great. Satan is a friend. Satan is a pal. <laughs> I want to kill everyone. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's hard to believe that's Bruce Dern. I know. Like, I, like, he looks old there, but, like, you never really realize what's old until it's, like, 40 years later, and you look at Bruce Dern now. <laughs> exactly. The first Bruce Dern movie I ever saw him, uh, I ever saw was uh, Monster. As, uh, with uh, Charlize Theron? Yeah. Ew. Did you watch that new um, movie on Netflix with the chick from Cobra Kai playing Aileen, whatever the fuck her name is? No, I don't think I've heard of it. No, it's like American Boogie Woman. And it's actually done by the guy, uh, I think it's Dan Farinans, who did uh, Halloween 6. The Curse of Michael Myers, yeah. He also did American Boogie Man. Uh, which that one was about Ted Bundy and that starred um, Chad Michael Murray as Ted Bundy. Huh. I have never yeah, heard that. We watched that last year. It was not good. Was so, not good. yeah, so I didn't have like high expectations for this other one, um, the new one that just like came out. So, <laughs> and I'm not the biggest fan of, I don't know if you've watched Cobra Kai at all, but like I just think she like is not the greatest actress. So, um, I just really didn't have a desire to watch that one. That's understandable. I, I haven't really been a big fan of, like, the Karate Kid series or Cobra Kai. Like, Oh, that. I like Cobra Kai. It's fun. You should give it a try. But why, though? <laughs> because it's by the same guys who did Harold and Kumar. For real? For real. Like, okay. it, and it's a flip of the switch, so, like, <clears throat> um, so... Like, if you've ever watched Karate Kid, like, you go into it thinking, like, Daniel Desan is, um, or Daniel Sun is the uh, hero, right? And that Johnny Lawrence is the villain. So, in Cobra Kai, it's telling Johnny's uh, version of events of how things transpired. 
and how he's seen uh, Daniel as a villain. So it's, and they come together and it's just, it's really kind of cool how they did it. And it's hilarious. You should really give it a watch. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. I will give it a watch then. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, like I buy Dan, like all of these t-shirts that have to do with um, Cobra Kai um so he at one night he wore one of the shirts out like right up because they release all of them like at once like for the season yeah and uh so like i think it was season three that something happens i don't if you're gonna watch it i'm not gonna spoil it but i got him something with the t-shirt related to what happened and like we binged it like on new year's day or whatever and then like uh, a couple days later i got him the t-shirt and he wore it out and like obviously like it's such a big phenomenon that he was at the grocery store and this dude came oh my god i love your shirt how did you get that so quickly <laughs> and, um so dan really likes his screen t-shirts <laughs> i'm wearing a screen t-shirt right now actually um from my friend nudie it has michael myers uh freddy krueger and Jason Voorhees on it, and it says, The Boys of Fall. Nice. <laughs> like, fuck those summer boys. <laughs> yeah, funny enough, I'm actually wearing my Texas Chainsaw Massacre t-shirt. Have you watched the new one yet? I haven't. I've been debating, like, watching it after we're done recording. Um, for some reason, I thought it was a TV show, but it, it's a movie. Yeah, it is a movie, and it's only 74 minutes long, I heard. 74? That's 74, <laughs> yeah. That's only like an hour and 14 minutes. Hey, I got the math right on that one. I know that. <laughs> I think. Yeah, hour 14 minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I don't know why I'm continuously trying to, like, add numbers on this show. I don't know. Maybe we should. Well, maybe because it has a number in it. <laughs> the last 20. Oh, probably. Welcome to the new math podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. It's the last 20 math problems we failed in high school. No, just kidding. Um, so, yeah. Uh, no, we're actually going to be watching that tonight, I believe. And I think we might do a drunken commentary on it. I mean, how drunk can I get in an hour and 14 minutes? Now, there's a good question. <laughs> Well, I will just be drinking beer because I don't want to waste my whole weekend. Sometimes, like, when I drink, like, hard liquor, like, I'm down and out for the count for the rest of the weekend. So, if I just have, like, these high-content beers that I'm going to be getting, they're, like, 8.9% alcohol, which that's a lot. Um, because, like, if you think about Coors Light, they're only, like, 4.5, I think, or something around that alcohol level. So, I am going to be drinking some Blonde Vitals. And honor of Sally Hardesty. Um, yeah, so um, I'm excited. Um, I bet you I get decently buzzed during it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it should be a good time. I, I, it's Dan's birthday. Huh? I'm sorry. I said I can see that happening, yeah. <laughs> yes, Dan will probably be drinking Jaeger, which I have to swear off, and you've heard it here first, no more Jaeger for Lacey Lou. I can't do it. It hurts my body too much. I'm old. I don't recommend it. I wish I was, like, younger to where I could still handle it, but I can't, and so, yeah. <laughs> Beer for me it is. I've had Jaeger once, and it was a really bad night, so, yeah, I will not be <laughs> touching that again. Uh, well, like, I have to do things that are, like, kind of, like, sugar-free. So, like, I've typically been drinking, like, Tito's and um, uh, sugar-free 7-Up. 
um, because Tito's is gluten-free, by the way, for those that didn't know that, and um, sugar-free 7-Up, and it has no caffeine in it either, so I don't feel as shitty the next day because I'm not drinking all that sugar, and there's no gluten in the um, vodka, so... I like when I drink Jaeger, like I get like heart palpitations the next day and it's just not a fun time. So like I have to end up taking like three anxiety pills just because I just did too much Red Bull. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun aging. I can tell you that much. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, more on to some math here. Um, the movie that was picked, um, this is a second time watch. I don't even know if that's a math problem, but <laughs> Um, yes, this was a second time watch for me, so it was basically, I hadn't seen it, like, I own I own the film, but I haven't watched it since I seen it when it originally premiered in the theater. That's the exact same for me, except I didn't see it in the theater, I think it was, like, right when it first came out on DVD. Did you like it when you first seen it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember, like, there were just moments that were, like, really creepy, um, and the one moment that, like, I, like, for some reason, I just carried it with me. It was, like, the only moment that, like, I remembered, um, basically, um, was when he's watching the tape of where the family gets their heads run over by a lawnmower. Oh, yeah, that was, like, a, a big jump scare moment for everyone. Yeah, and, like, it was also the shortest video out of all the ones that he had watched. So, um, it was interesting to see, like, how... Uh, each video was going to because I believe in the last 20 minutes here we're not going to see any of that video footage because um, right where we pick up it's based, obviously the climax of the film and he's watched all of the videos at this point so we don't get to watch that so I kind of want to talk about those videos um, because it starts off with um, God, what was it hanging out I think is what the, the mass tape uh, oh, uh, hanging with the family hanging- I think that- like, how fucked up is that? I know. And at the very beginning of the movie, we see the just the whole thing. Like, once they're, like, up in the air and they're kicking and, like, we see each one, like, slowly just, like, die in a really fucked up moment. Yeah. Like, this movie has, I think, probably the most fucked up imagery in, like, the last decade. What year did this movie come out? 2012. Uh, 2012. Jesus. So, yeah, it would still be considered this decade, right? Well, we're in a different decade, but within the last 10 years, so more math. Yeah. See, I have issues with fucking math on this. I don't know why. Here's <laughs> um, this year. <laughs> yes, uh, 10 years this year. That's crazy. Like, this movie does not feel 10 years old. I feel like it came out, like, five years ago. Exactly. And some movies just make you, like, I feel like when we did The Strangers, I feel like that just came out. I know, and that was back in 2008. (laughs) Right. Like, it's crazy how, like, some movies just feel kind of, like, timeless. Um, Exactly. That's a perfect term to describe it, timeless. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people do, um, I remember they were doing, like, this, uh, oh, God, what was it, like, a study of, like, non-horror fans, and they would they would get paid to watch, like, a bunch of horror films to determine um, what is the scariest film um, out of all the ones that people have watched, and this was actually the number one. Like, they would, like, hook you up to, like, these machines or whatever to, like, 
test like your heart rate and all of that. And this was the most rated um, movement in like where people reacted with their body the most. And that makes sense because it's not only just like totally creepy, it's so suspenseful too because you you really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, this movie's not for the faint of heart. Um, I will say that it is a little boring at times because it feels just like a little repetitive. Um, but overall, it the, the imagery is really creepy. And Ethan Hawke is a fox to look at, so there's that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, will- he... Like, I don't know where he came up with the, coming out with the horror genre now. Like, I mean, he did this. Um, God, I just had the other movie on the tip. Uh, the Purge. Um, he's coming out with The Black Phone, which. Oh, I can't wait for that one. I know. I'm so sad that the release of that got pushed back. It did? When? Yeah, it was supposed to be out, I think, this month. And I think they moved it. Oh, God. Um, I think they moved it to, like, May, maybe? Damn it. Come on. May or July even. I, I'm not really sure, but they did move it um, by, I think it was like four months or something. So I think it's May, but I could be wrong. Um, but it was supposed to come out this month. But instead we got Texas Chainsaw. So, I mean, last month we had Scream. This month we have, um, you know, um, Texas Chainsaw. So I think if we can get like a major horror movie release, like every month, that would be amazing. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I don't know what comes out next month. I'll have to look into that. But um, there are definitely some movies out there that I'm really looking forward to, horror-wise, this year. I'm still looking forward to seeing Scream. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, it'll be streaming. um, Well, so Spider-Man is streaming March 22nd is what I just read. So it's going to be sometime in March for sure. And um, you did see, I think we might have talked about this, but it did get greenlit for a sixth installment i did see that yes yes i can't remember if we talked about it yet or not though but yeah um so so in 2012 god so 10 years ago i would have been your age (laughs) um then you would have been what 12 uh 10 years ago i was 16 Okay, so I I would have been 26. No, that's wrong. Why am I thinking of it like that? Um, I would have been, 10 years ago, I would have been 24. Mm. Because I think I keep thinking I'm 10 years older than you, but I'm only 8. So, ha. (laughs) There we go. Um, So, yeah. um, So, I would have been 24 and you would have been 16. Um, So, when you watched it, did you watch it with a group of people, like family? Or were you alone? Uh, yeah, I watched it with my mom and my sister, and uh, my sister actually saw it before at some point, so when we watched it all together, she knew it was going to happen, and I guess I, I'm a little proud of myself because uh, rarely do I ever, like, correctly guess, like, the twist in a horror movie, like, mm-hmm. it, it rarely ever happens, so when I correctly guessed on this one, this was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, um, I didn't know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> um, I definitely did not get the twist. And I just remember I really liked it when I first watched it. So we'll we'll see if I still like it after we... Um, why is this not working? Sorry. Um, we'll see if I still like it 
once we dissect the last 20. All right. All right. So uh, why don't you tell them where we are queued up? Okay, guys, we're queued up at one hour, 26 minutes, and 41 seconds. All right, so while they get that queued up here, um, got, uh, the director of this is Scott... Derrickson, I think? Derrickson, yes. What else did he do? I don't know, but his name sounds so familiar. I know Dan just told me this before we started. Um, hang on a second here. I will look that up. Apparently I can't spell. <laughs> do you have any, as I'm looking this up, do you have any fun things that you're going to do this weekend? This weekend, um, well, I'm going to finally pick up my laptop for my sisters so I can finally get back to blogging. <laughs> well, there you go. And mostly just helping out my dad at his place. How about you? Um, well, it's Dan's birthday, so whatever the birthday boy wants to do. So, yeah. Um... Scott Derrickson actually did. You know, what? I'm just going to look it up by Sinister because I can't spell today. <laughs> he did. Oh, Doctor Strange. Uh, he wrote The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh. Um, he did The Black Phone. Oh, of course. <laughs> Uh, Deliver Us from Evil, um, Hellraiser Inferno, I mean, I guess we always probably, that's probably how he got his start in um, horror. Um, he did The Devil's Knot, uh, he wrote, which uh, starred Reese Witherspoon, which is really good. I suggest checking that out for those that might be interested. But yeah, I mean, overall, he has a pretty good... Um, Oh, he co-produced The Visitation, which is a movie with Edward Furlong, and it's absolutely ridiculous, and I recommend it. Um, yeah, no, um, he has a pretty good resume here. Wasn't Ethan Hawke in uh, Deliver Us from Evil, too? Was he? Or I uh, that was Joel McHale, I think. Uh, Eric Bana. Eric Bana, okay. Uh, like, I Either Ethan Hawke or Eric Van, I couldn't remember. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I love that Ethan Hawke kind of went from like this dreamy guy from the 90s and like all of these romantic comedies or romantic dramas. And, you know, he did the, obviously, the, how was it After Sunrise, After Sunset? Oh, trilogy, yeah. Or Before Midnight or something around the, those things. Um he did like the trilogy of that and that's kind of cool um that he's now transitioned into kind of just doing horror and i hope it stays that way because i i love him in our genre <laughs> and you know he was um he actually had a daughter with um is it uma thurman and yeah. uh, she's in stranger things maya hawk <laughs> and 
if they had a baby together, that is exactly what she would look like. Oh, yeah. And she was um, in the opening of Fear Street 1994. I still haven't seen those. What do you mean? You have streaming. Yeah, but I also don't have motivation. (laughs) Carly, Carly, get with it. I know. I know it's a sin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, we are going to get started here. Um, You should have it queued up here. We are at one hour, 26 minutes, 41 seconds Um, on go. We will hit play. What do you say? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. Now, we are going. why this didn't work. I'm sorry? Burning, like, everything. Like, why didn't it work? Um, well, I think that kind of gets explained. Um... I mean, not really, because he asks uh, the Vincent D'Onofrio character... Um, what happens if you destroy the images? And he didn't really give an answer to that. No. Um. No, he was just, he saw how freaked out Ethan was. And he was like, what kind of book are you writing? And so that sort of like, didn't really give us an answer. Um. Well, obviously it's supernatural. So, um, you know, when the daughter, like it, you see that, um, Like, the the film, because the daughter at the end, she even says, you made the movies longer, because he sp- he speeds up the process. Oh, I thought it was because he spliced, like, the extra scenes together. Well, that, but, so, he deletes all of his files, right, and thinks that it's over um, when he deleted it earlier. Um, but then he finds um, an extra film called The Extended Cut Endings. And so he edited them together. Um, Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so that's why he deleted them all. Um, Or no, he, that's, no, he thought that they were destroyed. And when he gets there, it's like a new set and it's the extended cut endings, right? Is that wrong? I don't know, it was like, okay, so at the very end, like, we get that one last jump scare where it's, like, zooming out of the box of reels and stuff. And it looks like the reels are intact. And, of course, the ca- or the projector is still intact. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's... Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, I've only seen this one other time. So, like, I haven't, like, fully dissected it. <laughs> Um, I always thought these cops were kind of dicks. Like, you know, it's interesting, though, like, when you're writing true crime and you kind of just, like, insert yourself into, like, this descent of madness, like, I mean, this is, this is really kind of, like, because he wasn't supposed to be there, you know, because when he's telling, you know, what happened, his family wasn't a part of the lineage, he just inserted himself into it. And um, I think that has to be a message for, like, true crime writers is sometimes just mind your own fucking business. <laughs> right? Well, I'm, I'm not really, like, familiar with a lot of true crime stuff because um, 
honestly, the real world stuff really freaks me the fuck out. So I sort of just like avoid it to keep my own sanity. <laughs> so. Well, you can think about it this way, though. Like, so obviously, like, you have to do, like, a lot of digging and prying and um, dredging up. Uh, and a lot of times it's stuff that, you know, nobody wants to talk about. Like, but these true crime writers are trying to make, like, a profit off of this, these stories, you know. And so I think it's kind of, I think this is kind of a horror story for true crime writers for inserting themselves and reaping kind of you know he becomes um the true part of the true crime because um at one point like right before the scene where we started uh the wife he says something about like writing his legacy and she goes the children are your legacy which it's kind of like a double entendre there because obviously it's the children right that so I, I love that line and I never picked up I obviously how could I have ever picked up on it on the first time watch like this felt like a first time watch um but I I love that moment because it comes back tenfold yeah like look how big this house is <laughs> like I know and you think everything's gonna be okay I mean, in an Ethan Hawke horror film, most likely not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you like him in The Purge? It's been a while since I saw The Purge, but I remember not being surprised when he died. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was like, oh, if anybody in this family is going to die, it's going to be him. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, this is this is the part where he uh, discusses with um, the professor Jones Jonas. Wow, I literally just saw it. <laughs> uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, who is great. The dude's in like everything. I think that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, he was Thor, and um, he played Thor in Adventures in Babysitting. Have you ever seen Adventures in Babysitting? I have not. <laughs> One of these days, you're going to say, yes, I have. <laughs> I mean, when question. you look at Letterboxd, I've seen over 2,000 films. It's just never the right ones, I guess. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it, it's all subjective of what, like, fancies your interest. And if you're, like, more into horror, then, like, you're probably not going to have watched 1987's Adventures in Babysitting, which is fucking amazing, and you should. I know. My my brother, like, all of his childhood films, he's like, Has you, have you seen this? Have you seen that? I was like, no. Those weren't <laughs> my childhood films. Those were your childhood films. Now, do you feel like... At, did you feel like at any point he was going crazy or that he was drinking too much? No, I never saw it that way. I always saw it as a supernatural film, which that would have been a pretty good twist, too. Like, he was just losing his mind. Like, I would have been very surprised. Well, it's like that moment when you first see Bagol. Yeah. 
and then the tape catches on fire, and then when he pieces it back together and Bagul's not there. Man, I never considered the possibility that he was just losing his mind. Even when he was having that conversation with Deputy So-and-so. Yeah, I, like, I don't think he is actually crazy, but, I mean, like, when I was watching it, um, that was definitely a possibility. And now, like, that box has returned. Oh, yeah. It could, like, because obviously everybody else thinks, like, he was drinking too much. And this movie is, like, really, um, although it is, like, it does have its own, you know, story with the kids and everything. It really is just, like, kind of a descent into, you know, Oswald's, like, madness, you know? Yeah. Because, like, he's so insistent on getting another big hit book. Like, because he's telling his family, like, we can go home, you know, once I do this. See, extended cuts, extended cut endings, yeah. Yeah, but the reels were right there and the projector was right there, still intact. Well, it could have been a different projector. Nobody ever said it was the same one. That is true. And these are the extended ones. And... There could have been multiple tapes. Yeah, much more than the ones that are in the box. Well, yeah, because where did these extended editions come from? Because, like, were there a lot more kids in the sequel? Or was it, like, the kids? Um, I believe there was twins. Well, yeah, there were, there were the, the living twins. I'm talking about the dead kids. Oh, like, I barely remember that movie. I just know, like, it's based, isn't it Deputy So-and-So? Yeah, he's, like, trying to save this other family. Yeah, and it's the chick from uh, 40 Days and 40 Nights, the one that, and like, missed- <laughs> with a flower, huh? I know her from One Missed Call. I don't think I've actually seen the American version of that. I haven't seen the original version, but it's been on my uh, my to-watch list for a while. It has one of the most, like, fucked-up contortionist things that I've ever seen in a film. Oh, they completely changed that in the uh, the remake then. Okay, so it says, and when you put them in chronological order from murder to murder, the Stevensons previously lived in, or the Millers, before the Miller family was killed, the Millers lived in the same house where the Deluso Fiflon massacre, before they moved. I guess the people was just taking a long family road trip. <laughs> Travel in the country. Yeah, so the pattern goes back to 1966, and he just moved out of the last house in line. So, all right, so, yeah, so whoever puts, whoever moves, because it happens when they move. Yeah. So, had he never moved, this wouldn't have happened? Is, Is that what it's trying to say? Exactly. I was actually thinking about that earlier. I was thinking about, like, what if a family moved into the last house and then just kept, like, passing it down, generation, generation, like, the family never moves? Does that mean Bagul lied dormant this whole time, or what? Right. And this is where you find out it's the kids. She just, like, climbs down and swings on the dead body. That's so fucked up. (laughs) 
I just imagine the direction. Okay, sweetie, now you're just going to grab onto that body right there and just start swinging. Now, now it is kind of smart, though, because I love how they, like, incorporated, like, extended cut to where it should, like, because obviously you couldn't see that it was the children to begin with. Exactly. Like, once you, once the audience thinks they have everything figured out with the movie, suddenly, bam. But, (laughs) But my problem is here, like... It's like he just he he kind of gets it easy compared to like these other families. An axe? Well, I mean he was poisoned first. No, he was drugged. Like he was awake when that shit happened. Is he? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. He seems pretty out of it. I mean, maybe out of it enough, but if that axe was dull, shit, that's gonna take a couple swings. Like they're so proud of themselves. And here comes his, like, little bitchy daughter that was creepy from the get-go. But see, <laughs> we're talking about killer kids, so it makes sense that we would pick this movie. Oh, yeah. We're, we're still on the killer kid trend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, he's sick as fuck. Yeah, it's like green shit in this cup. I don't know what the, the, the hell she put the in there. Ghouls, the ghouls spit or piss? I don't know. And it's such a good night, Daddy. Here, Mr. Ghosty, just piss in this cup, and I'll tell my dad for you. See, like, he's poisoned. He's foaming at the mouth. Like, he's dying right here. But no, he wakes up later. Does he? Like, there's only, like... Oh, there's still ten minutes left. Yeah, see, there's the wife. He's waking up, looking at her. Eyes clearly opening. Like, are they filming this, then? Well, she's coming back with the camera. Can't miss the good shots. <laughs> We're making a movie. This is way more up close and personal than the other films that he was watching, though. So do you think that then every other family... And you can see the brother behind as well. Or is it, or is he part of it? Because it looks like there's two people, right? No, I think he's tied up behind the mom. Because he later draws, like, the picture inside the box with the rest of the families. And he, he was clearly one of the victims, too. The, yeah, the brother's right there. Well, why wasn't he part of it if he was a kid? They only pick one kid. Don't you remember? All the other kids had siblings that also perished with the parents. Oh, okay. Well, why did she get chosen? Because she looks creepy? I think because she was, like, more easily manipulated. Because all I think all these kids were, like, either manipulated or somehow possessed by Bagul into murdering their families. Well, I would like to know how they have super, like, human strength. That's what I'm saying. It could be a possession thing where, like, They're it's more strong. strong. <laughs> yeah. And the blood on the walls here is clearly Ethan Hawke's and the brothers and the moms. Yep. So basically, he was. (laughs) So had he not like had he waited like a day when Deputy So and So called him, (laughs) he'd still be alive right now. Yep, would just stay in the house, you know. But I wonder if never (laughs) move. For the sake of getting him to leave by just haunting the crap out of that house. 
scaring him so bad. He's like, we got to get out of here. But, like, why is it so, like, he can just, like, have different victims from all over the world? Like, or all over the country? <laughs> like, like, what is, like, I think the sequel, like, explains more of his lore. But um, it's kind of silly, is it not? Yeah, because, like, okay, so what the professor was talking about, he was like, okay, he takes a child and just sort of, like, eats their soul throughout times, like, does he need all these children or can he just finish one and then focus on another? Cause like now all of these kids are just like, see, there's Trevor. <laughs> and she's drawing it. Yeah. Yeah. She decapitated them all. Like chopped them up into like three pieces, like head and torso and legs. Well, it almost makes you think, like, was he drawn to this case? Was it part of his fate, you know? Because he was looking for the missing girl. Like, that was what his book was about. You know, so was he, like, drawn there by Bagul? No, I think he was just drawn there over uh, his book. <laughs> now, why did they just run? Because he's still trying to eat their souls. I mean, they're kind of trapped there, but they're, like, trying to get away still. I don't know. Like, that makes zero sense to me. Like, it feels like they're haunting, doing what his bidding for him. You know? Right. Oh, and they titled this house painting. I never, like, picked up on that until just right now. House painting? Okay. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I love the subliminal, like, messages of, like, what what you're seeing on the tapes, like, mowing the lawn. <laughs> like, Hanging like, with the family. <laughs> house painting. What was the car one? Uh, barbecue. Was it? <laughs> like, I, I, I like that aspect of it. I think that's super smart and clever. Um, especially because you're thinking, like, it is just film movies. Um... Yeah, I think this was, like, one of the... I think this was the film that really kind of put Jason Blum on the map. That definitely makes sense. You know, a decade ago, it's, I mean, very well. I mean, hang on, I'm going to actually Google that. Like, I'm not, like, overall, like, overly impressed with, um, you know, Blumhouse. Um, it gets a little bit cheese for me on a lot of their films. Are you a Blumhouse fan? I mean, I like some of the films. Like what? Is uh, is Get Out a Blumhouse film? Is it? Uh, it's Monkey Paw. I thought Monkey Paw happened after Get Out. No? Hmm. So I'm getting my stuff wrong. I mean, is it The Conjuring? Um, did The Conjuring come out before The Sinister? No, Conjuring came out in uh, 2013. Okay, so this would have been the one then. Yep. Well, there we have it, folks. Um, so overall general thoughts, well, I, I guess they're not general anymore because we just 
finish the last 20. Um, overall, what are your thoughts on Sinister? Overall, like second time watch, I, I really like it. And it kind of reminded me about how much the sequel like took away what the first what made the first film so impactful. Yeah. So that was kind of like a the stranger sort of situation where like the sequel just forgot what the first one was even about. Yeah, um I well I do know that Deputy so and so I I believe it's like his story basically in the sequel. Um and I think I think he has more to do with it or something. I can't really remember because I only watched that once as well. And I didn't really have a desire to go back because I found it boring. Um, yeah, and, like, yeah. I don't know if I'll see it again or not. But I, rem- I remember liking it the first time I saw it. But thinking about going back to it, like, I just, I don't really have the urge to. Yeah. Um, yeah, this isn't one, this film isn't a movie, like, you can just, like, watch as, like, a comfort watch. Um, it's not something like, well, at least for me, it's not something like I just want to like throw on and fall asleep to. If this um, movie comfort movie for anyone. Yeah. Is it? My goodness. <laughs> well, I do know that, you know, a lot of like younger people really enjoy this movie and, um, they consider it to be the scariest of all time, um, as study shows, um, in recent years, I suppose, but, um, yeah, it's definitely not something that, like, I would want to, like, rewatch over and over and over again. Um, because I did enjoy watching it. Like I said, I did find it, like, a little boring at times. Um, I split it up into two watches. I started watching it last night and finished it this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I don't necessarily like to fall asleep with creepy movies on sometimes. Because I get really weird dreams. Oh, <laughs> There's actually a funny story. Okay, so... Uh... I uh, I would usually go to bed to, like, old-school horror films if the volume's low enough. And yeah. one night, I decided to go to sleep to Carrie. And my dumbass decided not to turn the movie down as I was falling asleep to it. So did it seep into your dreams? Oh, man. Okay, so when it got to the very end, when she pulled her arm up from the ground and grabbed Sue's arm... Wait, Sue? Yeah. Yeah. And the screaming, just screaming, the music screaming. I woke up just fucking terrified. What the fuck is going on? This <laughs> <laughs> is the fucking movie. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I'm not going to bed to a fucking horror film again, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, I have... Um... I have that uh, happen to me, like, a lot. So that's why, like, I stop watching horror movies right before bed because it trickles into my dream. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it triggers my sleep paralysis and it freaks me the fuck out. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, final ratings on Sinister. Probably going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Right on. I'm not too far behind you. I'm going to give it a solid four. Um, just because, like I said, there's there's a lot of unanswered questions, I think. Um, so, like, it's not necessarily all clear cut into the point um, to where I feel firm in how I feel about it, I guess. Um, 
satisfied. Huh? Like, uh, you don't feel satisfied with, like, all yeah. the loose... Yeah, like, I don't feel like I have clear, clear, uh, clear clarification on where some of the things happened, um, you know, um, but yeah, so I think over time, if I watch it a couple more times, I will get there, but I mean, it is, it is a solid movie with some great imagery, like I said, I love the tapes, I love the, the thing, the children are your legacy, and like, obviously, like, you were just killed by your fucking child. So, yeah, that is your legacy. So, um, famous again, daddy. <laughs> and the fact that they named it house painting, like, that's amazing. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it a four out of five. Yep, 4.5 for me because there's, there's only one scene that kind of like took me out of the seriousness of it. And it was when, like, uh, he's in the kitchen, like, trying to figure out what all the noise is. And just all these ghost children just, like, pop up out of nowhere and just start, like, slow motion running around the place. I was like, <laughs> it was it was kind of hard to take that seriously. Yeah. Well, and I'm still confused of why they ran away from him at the end. Like, I thought the point was for them to all be together and, like, why are they so sinister? And, but yet they're afraid of fucking Bagul. Like, I don't get it, but she lets him pick her up. So I'm. it's just really confusing to me. I don't know. It's a it's a small hallway. Maybe they were just making room for him because they knew he was coming. But the way that he they fucking ran like they were scared, it doesn't make sense. Like I would, it was scary. If I would have did it, I would have had them like turn around and walk slowly, like as he's carrying her, and they're just like in front of him, like leading the way. That would have been like more makes more sense to me. So if anybody can explain that better to me, please do so. Um, yeah, let us know. Yeah. So, yep, well, I think that clears up, well, I don't think that clears up anything, but I think that's where we're going to stand for now, and um, if anybody sheds some light, we will definitely bring that up on whatever show when that happens. So, I want to thank everybody for listening. I'm Lacey Lou, And I'm Carly Ray, And we hope you have a wonderful weekend. TJI motherfucking ass. <laughs> TJIF motherfuckers. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This is how we do
Cause then we're making the dash Oh, I'm buzzing 